Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we review the 2000 movie Unbreakable starring Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. We talk about the impactful scenes between Bruce Willis and Robin Wright in their troubled marriage. I talk about, I'll be honest, how much I really like this movie and I defend it to the teeth. And I talk about, if I'm honest, the ways I don't like this movie (laughs) and I let Stephen have his day. Thank you. All this and more on Movies on the Side. (laughs) Nate, I'm so excited to talk about Unbreakable starring Bruce Willis. This movie is 21 years old, which makes me shudder inside. Mm. I've forgotten what year this came out until I was pulling the links for the notes. I said 2000, the turn of the millennium. Does this make you feel old, Nate? Do you feel old? Uh, not really, because I didn't really watch it when it came out. Mm. This is my first true watching of the way through. Here's my knowledge of this movie going into it. Okay. I remember okay. back in the day, I remember my dad watching this movie mm. and him saying, oh, this is a pretty good movie. But I was a kid and I, was, I watched like the middle half of it. Or maybe the middle, like, 15 minutes. And I thought, ah, this is pretty boring. And then left. Okay. And that was the end of my experience with this movie. Nate, I'm going to be a little passionate about this movie because this is one of the few times where my rose-colored glasses were reinforced. Mm. Actually, no, as I was watching it, I took off my rose-colored glasses. I began watching it with my glasses of a a 35-year-old, and I said, this is still a good movie. I actually may enjoy it more now than ever before. Nate, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes is on this movie? I would say critics, 92, audience, 81. Well, you overshot it a little bit. You were thinking of The Sixth Sense. This movie got 70 from critics and 77 from audience. Oh, okay. okay. Okay, okay. Now, the director of this movie is M. Night Shyamalan. Yep. I, I enjoy his things. This was his second major movie after The Sixth Sense, which was critically acclaimed. Everyone loves Sixth Sense. Big turn at the end, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And one might say, one could say, that M. Night Shyamalan's career has kind of had like a long decline, maybe. Like if you look at his IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, every movie he's made subsequently has gotten like lower and lower ratings, unfortunately. Right. But, Which, but yeah. Sixth Sense... Yes. Uh, what disturbed me as a child, but right. undoubtedly good movie. That's right. Then you have Unbreakable. Yes. Then you have Signs in 2002. Which I really enjoyed too. And I think what happens is the people who enjoy these movies start becoming like a smaller yet passionate contingent where it's like, all right, Signs, pretty good. I think the end's a little rough, but okay. <laughs> then you get The Village. Yeah. I kind of liked The Village. That's right. That's but not right. everyone liked The Village. Then you had Lady in the Water. Weirder. Yes. But man, it's still got moments. Plus Bryce Dallas Howard. But okay. <laughs> I would say this movie, Unbreakable, I think sets apart from the M. Night Shyamalan pantheon. Now, he has a new movie coming out. Have you seen the trailer for this movie Old. called Old? Yes. That looks terrifying, Nate. And I almost want to watch it, but I also don't want to watch it. I am not not going to watch it, but I will definitely read the Wikipedia plot summary. So unbreakable. First of all, no spoiler horn this episode. This movie's 21 years old. I think the reason why this movie resonates with me is it purports, like it tells you that it's basically a superhero movie. It's basically saying 
that all those comic book stories with heroes and villains, they're exaggerations, but in real life, there's people who maybe it's just their natural abilities or whatever are actually more the hero characters and some that are the villain characters. We can get into that later, but I think the way it shows like a real life dude yep. working a regular job who actually has some special abilities almost seems like too far. That sounds too X-Men. It's just that he has some heightened things like he can't be physically hurt except with water. Cause that's his weakness. And he has like great instinct. I don't know something about seeing David Dunn, the character played by Bruce Willis over the course of this movie, find his purpose and seeing the difference that makes, for some reason, it really resonates with me, Nate. And it is very slow. Like you said, it is a slow movie, but I don't know. I'm engaged the whole time. I love it. I believe comics are a form of history that someone somewhere felt or experienced. <sighs> I think this is, this is going to be one of those where we kind of differ sure, on sure. our opinions and that makes for a good Mott's episode because that's right i think that there are scenes in this movie that are excellent yes and i'm not even talking about like exciting scenes there are some scenes that are just filmed in a way and m night Shyamalan wrote this movie as well he wrote produced and directed yeah the the script at times is also like so good Yes. That there are scenes where I just thought like, wow, this is great filmmaking. Yes. Do I want to watch this again? No, not really. But like, I can admit there are like golden moments, even in like, for example, this is a, a super early on when Bruce Willis is on the train. Yes. And the woman sits next to him. M. Night Shyamalan films it through the crack. The entire thing is through the crack in the seat in front. I love it. And the camera just pivots. And it never shows him and the woman at the same time. It's constantly pivoting back right. and forth. And it never cuts. And it never cuts. And the conversation is awkward right. and cringy yes. and perfect for the situation. And it just takes its sweet time. And it's like, wow, this gets the point across perfectly of the introduction of this character. And I feel like the filmmaking that M. Night Shyamalan did in this movie is actually really good. Like you're saying, some of the camera things are very interesting and the movements, but also there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie. Like there's just not a lot of talking. And the talking is like jilted in a way that feels like real sort of talking versus right. like bad script. In college, I was in a car accident. Was it serious? He couldn't play football anymore. That's hole number two. The script and the movie also, it believes you're smart enough to get things, and it doesn't beat you over the head with it. The movie begins with Bruce Willis on the train. He just spoke to that woman. We see him take off a wedding band, talk to this lady, so it's clear he's married, but they're having issues. And then the train derails, and everybody dies except him. He's the sole survivor. And this begins him on a quest to figure out, like, why did I survive this? And no scratch on me, but everyone else died. Mm -hmm. Bruce Willis is found by the character named Elijah Price, played by Samuel L. Jackson. And a note is left on Bruce Willis's truck that says, have you ever been sick in your life? And he asks his boss through a secretary, which is a hilarious scene. But I love the, the part, again, talking about the filmmaking. 
Bruce Willis is at his locker getting ready to go home for the day. And we hear the boss say something like, you know, $40 a week. That's all you get. And Bruce Willis is like, what? He said, a great way to ask for a raise. Yes, you've never taken a sick day in your life. And I don't know, just the way that he reveals some of this information and stuff. I, I really like all of that. And I feel like the movie lets you be like, think about it right. and like put some of the pieces together for yourself. Well, and, and also the relationship with Audrey, his wife played by Robin Wright uh, from Forrest Gump fame and Princess Bride fame, I guess. Oh, right, right. Some of those scenes are like perfectly painful for a marriage on the rocks. Oh, yes. Like there is one scene especially where she comes to his bedroom door, I think. Yes. She opens the door and the camera is behind Bruce Willis's head. He never moves. He never talks. And I think he's out of focus. Right. But he just stands there and she does an amazing performance of basically like, hey, I just I just need to know. And it won't hurt me either way. But like, have you been with anyone else sort of thing? Right. And right. she ends with being like, I want to try to make it work. Let's go on a date sometimes. It is really really good so good because like you don't see his reaction at all but you picture him just deadpan staring the whole time i feel like bruce willis does a great job of being distant Mm -hmm. and not present with his family and wife yep but you also feel that he doesn't want to be that way yep which is a whole thread through the movie which we come to later and so i feel like he does a great job with that and yes robin wright who plays his wife audrey i feel like they do a great job. Like, there's not much chemistry. There's not supposed to be. <laughs> but when they interact, like, you feel the tension. And then later, when they actually do go on that date, I feel like they actually do have chemistry there. Like, in that one scene, I'm like, I feel like I'm in a romance movie almost because he's still not a man of many words. They actually do like each other. Look, maybe it wasn't a specific moment. Maybe it was. Time. I had a nightmare one night. And. I didn't wake you up so you could tell me that it was okay. I think that was the first time. Yeah, I want to say romance corner. We have to say the word romance corner because our sponsors require us to say oh, it that's right. when yes, talking that's right. about a relationship. Your bingo card. Mark yeah, yeah, the bingo. Yeah. I think, for example, that romance corner, it's, uh, I would say, almost perfect in its way that it is both like you sense that they once loved each other or cared about each other a lot. They still do, but it's, yeah, like you said, it is distant and awkward at times. And they, them trying to rekindle it on the date is really perfectly done. I think their relationship is really huge in this movie. And I also love Samuel L. Jackson as the bad guy and his character in this movie. The movie opens up with a scene of his birth, which I totally forgot about. And the doctor's like, his arms and legs are broken. But we come to realize that he has like, bro- like he has this bone disease where he breaks his bones easily. Right. But there's a scene. It's a flashback when Elijah Price, the character played by Samuel L. Jackson, is a kid. The kid actor is Johnny Jameson. And his mom in this flashback, played by Charlene Woodard, He breaks his bones easily. He's made fun of by kids, and he doesn't want to leave the house. Mm -hmm. And the mother, I'm curious if you think this is actually a good strategy or not, but she wants to encourage him to still take the risks and engage with the world. You can't just hide in your room the rest of your life. And so she puts a gift for him on a bench 
not across the street, but just kind of like across a little playground area that he would have to walk through. Right. And he, he's scared of that because there's kids playing and balls and like he could get hurt again. He could break something again. He doesn't want to. But he encourages him by saying, whenever you want to come out here and do this thing that I know is difficult for you, there'll be a gift waiting for you. And I thought that was just such a heartwarming scene. Like this mom is trying her best to encourage her son to like not just hide and close up right. the rest of his life and she's trying to do it in a way where you know he has to take a little bit of risk I don't know I loved that scene and that part of his character I bought a whole bunch there'll be one of these waiting for you every time you want to come out here that relationship, I thought she was a great actress as well. A lot of that is tainted by the fact that, I mean, we know in how they set it up, and I have had seen sequels later that he is the villain, the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. all that, I think to myself, like, well, apparently that wasn't a good thing to do to your <laughs> son because he grew into a well, super villain. Now, I have not seen any of the sequels. I haven't either. I have not seen Split. I have not seen Glass. I have not seen any of them. So this, this movie lives alone in my mental pantheon. Maybe as it should. Maybe as it should. I don't know. I was debating on seeing the sequels, and I was like, I don't know if it will taint it. They didn't get great critic scores. So anyway, I also love Samuel L. Jackson as an adult. Like the first scene we see of him is in his art gallery and his art gallery is like comic book drawings right <laughs> and there's this guy that wants to buy one of his pieces of art and we have this scene where he's like you know describing this art and why it's incredible and then the guy's like wrap it up i'll take it <laughs> and he says my son's gonna love it and samuel jackson's like how old is your nope. son <laughs> he says no 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 when he asks how old the son is and the guy says four we're a close up on Samuel Jackson's face and just like the grimace that he makes when the guy says four and then he says, no, no, no. Like, I just think it's incredible. And like just all those little glimpses into these characters. I love those moments. No, 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 no. Do you see any Teletubbies in here? Do you see a slender plastic tag clipped to my shirt with my name printed on it? Well, that's what you see at a toy store. And you must think you're in a toy store because you're here shopping for an infant named Jeb. I think he was great. Now let's talk about the parts of the movie that aren't as great. Okay, well, before you do that, okay. I just want to mention a couple lines okay. that I thought were really good. Him and his son, which again, there's this, his son, Joseph Dunn, played by Spencer Treat Clark. Seeing a picture of him today is very troubling because he's 21 years older than he was in the movie. Yep. It doesn't feel right. But there's these, there's a couple scenes where the son believes his dad to be a hero. And because his son was with him when he talked to Elijah Price the first time, and Elijah's explaining all the stuff about how he might be a hero. And there's this point where his son asks him to play football outside with his friends. Mm -hmm. And his dad's like, no, I'm going to go work out. And his son just immediately turns around and yells, I can't play anymore. I'm going to go work out with my dad. I just love that moment just as a dad. That was nice. <laughs> but then after his son gets into a fight at school, there's this line where they're walking out and the son is like, I wanted to be, I thought I would be like you because I'm your son. I thought I would be strong. Right. And Bruce Willis says, I'm just an ordinary man. And his son says, why do you keep saying that? You're not. Right. That moment, how really hit me. It was one of like the four times I teared up in this movie because I don't know, like it hits real life so hard, like special, special abilities because, or not. Stephen, because you are a superhero? Is this the time where you're well, going to Well, I'm going to have to cut that out because I can't give away my secret identity. But anyway, I think all those moments 
again, to M. Night Shyamalan's credit, I feel like the script and the acting, the everything comes together for great moments like that. I do think, however, that the the kid, every once in a while, that acting to me is a little suspect. A little, t- yeah, every once in a while. I think he has the, the Haley Joel Osment look, <laughs> I guess, where it's yeah. like, in and of himself, his face can be a little should they have brought Haley joe osmond back for this movie i mean i kind of want i kind of i did feel like a little bit like i was watching knock off Haley joe osmond oh that's tough that's but tough. but like there were still the best scenes in the movie do involve that kid yeah because i i believe the two best scenes are one when he is lifting weights yes love that scene. and they're slowly adding more weights and he's yes. like how much is that dad <laughs> How much did you take off? I lied. That is a great scene. And I think the other, yeah. one of the best scenes in the whole movie is when the the kid has the gun. <sighs> yeah. And he thinks he can't like, get hurt. he says like, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to shoot you. You can't get hurt. <sighs> and it'll just bounce off you. And that scene is so well done see but i also felt like it was a little awkward like one i feel like bruce willis as a dad like if that was real life he didn't do the best (laughs) in that scene like talking his son off the ledge but you know it was a time of desperation you can't judge but and like the mom collapses right after he like gets the gun from his kid the the collapse afterward is good but there's one point where bruce willis is like i thought we were just being friends friends don't shoot friends (laughs) And friends listen to each other. They don't, and they don't shoot each other. Do they, Audrey? No shooting friends, Joseph. No, but I, I thought it was like, it was awkward in the right way because it was almost like okay. he's not usually a dad <laughs> to his son. Like he's kind of been distant That's true. the whole time. Right, right, right. For Joseph's stuff. Yeah. And I think it shows like him trying. It's not good. <laughs> probably not good crisis intervention right but like but he was doing what it's he can, like yeah. yeah he's doing what he can okay so what don't you like about this movie what's not good? okay so here's what i don't like about it it is in some ways unbelievable that he lets elijah price keep coming back to him in his life like i think as soon as his wife tells him that she he visited her right in the rehab facility I would have been like, all right, it's time for police. I mean, he told him multiple times, like, don't come around my family anymore. Yeah, he said it a lot, and then he kept doing it, and he then kept seeing being fine with Elijah Price being around. But then again, I mean, Bruce Willis's character in this movie is distant overall and not very like forthcoming, not very proactive about anything. Uh, so I believe that he wouldn't go to greater measures, you know? Okay. And also there were little events throughout the movie that was like, maybe Elijah Price is right. And then he would get another piece of information that's like, well, I did dr- like almost drown in a pool when I was a kid. So maybe right. he's wrong. I thought that was good. I thought the whole like, so he touches people and he can kind of see their The crimes, bad things they did. The bad Minority things. report style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked the subtlety of his strength and not getting hurt. Yeah. I felt like the ability to see pretty clearly other people's stuff was like a bit far for the kind of the superhero, like slightly better human. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. And I like the scene yeah. where he like stretches out his arms. Yeah. But I think 
like most M. M. Night Shyamalan movies, the climax of the movie, action-wise, is some of my least favorite parts of the movie. I don't like when he goes to the house and he follows the guy who you know killed someone and kidnapped the family yeah i thought when it gets when when he deals with suspense and like nothing's happening but there's a disturbing new thing being revealed i think m night Shyamalan is at his best right when it comes down to like true creepy scary jump scare stuff like I just don't enjoy it. That scene of him going through the house is like twenty minutes long at the end of this movie. It did feel it's long. not as it's not as interesting as the rest of the movie. It's not as interesting as the reveal and like even the secretary at the school talking about the drowning thing. Yeah, and like focus on Bruce Willis. Like that is good movie making and suspenseful. Yeah. him right, just right. walking through a creepy house and the guy is behind him and they fight and all that stuff. Like I don't know. I didn't like any of that and i also thought the reveal at the end of mr glass basically being behind all of this maybe it's because i've seen it done better in other m night Shyamalan movies and the reveal in right. sixth sense is the best so here's my defense of that he has never done this before he has never like walked into a strange house and tried to stop a bad guy right and so i think given that you know he's being cautious maybe we don't have to see the whole 20 minutes of him doing that you could probably do some movie making to allude to that but i thought the camera of bruce willis is kneeling down and you see the curtain waving and the camera's outside the curtain and Uh then like there's nobody there and then the bad guy's there i thought that was a good reveal i thought that was interesting so he falls into the pool and i think this moment of suspense where we know his weakness is water and then you see the pool cover like slowly coming in the pool cover yeah that is good okay that is the pool cover slowly moving in keep that in the scene very suspenseful and then he's drowning which we know is his weakness and it's like this man couldn't even like do the first heroic act and now he's dying like this is very sad somehow the kids pull him out of the, the water. kids pull him out. i mean there's two kids they use the pool oh, two thing kids. but I nate nate listen listen when his hands grip the side of that pool and the theme starts playing <laughs> i don't know what it is about this theme it is very simple it's not like uh-huh. audacious Like when he gets out of that pool and I don't know, it feels like a heroic moment. And the last fight scene, I mean, he's basically just like choking the guy. Just jumps on his back. (laughs) I'm not sure. Like that whole scene, there's like no music throughout the whole thing. Right. When he's walking through the house, there's no music. You just hear the TV in the background. I thought that was actually kind of effective. And the only time we hear music is when he's finally like taking down the bad guy. We hear his theme song lift. But that whole scene, I feel like sets up the next moment, which multiple times in the movie Samuel Jackson's character is like, do you feel like he talks about the sadness that Bruce Willis feels every morning? Bruce Willis admits that Mm -hmm. he just feels a little sad every morning. And Samuel Jackson says, it might be because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And after Bruce Willis, you have this entire scene, great or not, he goes home. One, hangs up his security jacket like a hero's cape. And I love that moment (laughs) because it's like, this is just an ordinary guy's thing. I think one of the nicest moments of this movie is when he actually carries his wife up the stairs and we get this uncut shot and all we see is the wife's face. Like she's asleep at first and she wakes up to her husband carrying her up the stairs. 
There's something a little uncanny about that shot, though. It doesn't it's look uncanny. like a huge, like she is. <laughs> she's floating. Like, it looks like she's floating. Like, it's weird. Rigid as a board. And I was like, ah, yeah, but it doesn't, Nate, it doesn't matter because it, doesn't it is matter. such a heartwarming moment. And they actually lay in bed together, which the entire movie, the side plot of them struggling in their marriage and them like being together after this, you put it together where he found his purpose he did it by strangling a guy listen and killing a dude <laughs> he stopped a bad guy he saved two kids and suddenly like it made all the difference now this premise you could argue with this premise but it speaks to me the idea that if you have a thing that you know is purposeful mm-hmm. and you have the ability to do it and then you actually do it with great power that it brings a sense of fulfillment and that's Mm. what he had in that moment and then even at the breakfast table with his son i love the shot where you see a newspaper slowly slide into the camera shot yeah that's good and you know and he tells the kid like that was me (laughs) as like quote unquote hero rescues two children yeah 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 read hey little kid read the story about these parents that got murdered by a listen i understood (laughs) listen life is ugly that's like Again, the movie is saying this is real life. This is not a comic book. Right. This is not a comic book. Right. And I think it does that well, as in, yes, the comic book stories, like Samuel Jackson says earlier, they're gross exaggerations of reality. But reality is ugly sometimes, and there might be people who have the ability to make it a little better. And Bruce Willis is one of those people. And his character, David Dunn, like, I don't know, that whole, okay, all of that leading up to the end, it speaks to me. I, I see you in that. Yeah, you have softened my opinion on it because as part of the main theme of it, it really is like a man dealing with melancholy right. and overall just kind of general malaise and then finding purpose and that being like a catalyst for... Yeah. Hopefully the rest of his life. Now, from a meta standpoint, that's a a cool theme. But in actuality, watching it is fun for a while and interesting for a while. But then it's sort of, unless you personally vibe with David Dunn (laughs) and have that sort of like, which I don't, I don't connect with his character really at all. Right. What I really care about is the standoff and the interesting like showdown between him and Samuel L. Jackson as the bad guy. Right. What I want is for him to figure out that Samuel L. Jackson is behind all of these terrorist events. Which he does. But what I get is the last 90 seconds of this movie, he shakes the hand of Samuel L. Jackson. Right. He sees all these things that Samuel L. Jackson did the... Tr- plane crash or the train crash and all that stuff and then he like looks in horror which i think is good yeah yeah but then it (laughs) like the end of a documentary he walks away and it's like okay david dunn listen uh (laughs) goes on to live a good life listen listen listen, i'm totally (laughs) i'm totally with you the, I think the worst part of this movie are those like true story type text over the freeze frames Ugh. of the characters. I totally agree. They should have never done that. That was a mistake. They should have just had Bruce Willis walking out on Samuel L. Jackson and then Samuel L. Jackson saying, they call me Mr. Glass. No text over freeze frames. That was dumb. That I think makes a puts a bad taste in your mouth in the last moments of this movie. It does. Which is right after... Some of the best lines, because Samuel Jackson, after Bruce Willis realizes what's going on, Samuel Jackson has this line where he says, You know what the scariest thing is? To not know your place in this world. 
to not know why you're here. Again, speaks to the moral that this movie is trying to communicate. That not knowing your place knocks you off kilter. Mm -hmm. And you don't feel right. And you might wake up every morning with a little sadness. And Samuel Jackson found his purpose now what is his purpose Stephen? to be the antagonist <laughs> which listen he is obviously a troubled guy like yeah maybe his real purpose is to use his intellect for good and he just has fallen on the wrong side like he doesn't understand but anyway like that doesn't bother me as much i feel like it sets up i'm good with not seeing some final fight scene i'm good with that being the last scene they just shouldn't have done the text over the freeze frame. i don't need it to be a physical fight but i do feel like we did not get the kind of payoff that this movie it's it's the signs problem there's so much good suspense to it and then when it releases the the suspense valve and pff, let some <laughs> like a let some pot. yeah yeah at yeah. the end like it's ultimately not satisfying and so I think to myself, man, I spent a lot of time being like, man, when's he going to find out if Mr. Glass is bad? And like, how's he going to like determine this? It, and it feels tacked on at the end as if M. Night Shyamalan was like, this is going to set up a great sequel 15 years later. <laughs> I, uh, I, almost, I almost wish the sequels didn't exist. Now, the sequels can be like, I don't know, is Glass a good payoff? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, maybe. But I don't think you need the payoff. I don't know. I feel like this it, this could have lived in a world by itself. Then don't even give me a payoff. Instead, be like, he never shakes his hand, and we cut to see that Glass is behind all of this. That would be and good, too. Like, yes. I now have my purpose, and Bruce Willis is kind of like, maybe he starts having an inkling that he's bad. Cut. The end. Movie. I'd be, I would Leave be down with that, kilter. too. Yeah, I would be totally down with that. I agree that that would have been a better final ending. But I don't think the last 30 seconds of this movie ruined the whole thing. I think it still speaks... I think the house thing was not fun either. So I would say the last 30 minutes. It's not fun, but I still think it was necessary. You had to see him do something. You had to see him do something. And like finding drugs in a guy's pocket, like he almost did at the stadium, would not have been a big a payoff as him like rescuing people. That was M. Night Shyamalan, by the way. That was M. Night Shyamalan. He always puts himself in his Doing movies. His <laughs> but I think it was, a, it was a bigger payoff. Would you want to watch this movie again? Because I would not. Like, Absolutely. I saw it. I thought, great filmmaking, great scenes. Do not care to watch this movie again. Honestly, aside from that house scene, I was like, maybe I want to see this with my kids soon sometime. Like, honestly, after finishing it this time, I wanted to see it again. Wow. Like, and, and soon, like not in a, in a long time. Like, I don't know, just sitting there watching it undistracted, taking in all the different camera shots. And so you're saying this, I don't know, I really like it. this to you is morning glory to me. It might be. It just, it just resonates with you in a particular way. It really, yeah, it really resonates with me. And I feel like even if you don't like the slowness or some of the scenes or just like the premise in general, I do feel like there are some messages underneath that are universal and you, you can wrestle with those mm. ideas with someone and you can say, is it even valid to think that there's purpose and that you could be fulfilled if you find it? And we've talked about that on this show and like in our bonus episodes even, but I think it's a good premise. and. I love superhero movies, but I feel like this is 
a what real life superhero would be. And like you're saying, the whole like premonitions about bad things that people do are a little too far, like it's a toke too far. But there's a conversation where Samuel L. Jackson is like, it might just be some people are more inclined with intuition, or you might just not get sick as much as other people. And if that is you, maybe you do have some responsibility that you're not even aware of yet. And if you do those things that you would feel more fulfilled than you do right now. And I think that's an interesting message. Interesting idea. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a, I think there are a lot of things to take from this movie. Yeah. If that's what you want in a movie. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's rate and review this movie. Nadon, one of the scenes, one of the incredible scenes too, is when Samuel Jackson falls down the stairs trying to chase the guy with the gun mm-hmm. and just like seeing him fall down the stairs, you're just, yep. your stomach drops because it's like he's breaking everything. So on a scale of zero to five canes that Mr. Glass uses to walk around. Mm, glass canes. Glass canes. Nate, I guess I'll go first. You went first last time. I'm not sure what you're going to give this movie. I'm going to give this movie a solid four out of five. I really want to give it higher. But I understand it's not a perfect movie. It's not for everyone. It is 21 years old. And so the pace of this movie is different than what most people might be used to. And if you've never seen it, to watch it now might be a little difficult. But I think this is a really good movie. And if people haven't seen it yet, I encourage them, they try it out. It's on Amazon Prime for like two more days. So you should try <laughs> well, as we record. So I'm going to post on social media. And when you see this post goes up, you should try and watch it real quick because it's going to leave Amazon Prime right. uh, very soon after uh, I post that. But anyway, four out of five glass canes. Nate, what do you say? I am going to give Unbreakable two and a half canes. Oh, my goodness. Here's what. What were you going to give it before you heard me talk about it? Oh, here's why. Here's why. I was probably going to give it a two. I think this is purely personal taste. Mm. I don't like the flavor of this movie. It is black licorice to me. And here's the thing. I can admit there are great scenes and there's some great acting in here. There are some interesting characters, but the overall flavor of the movie is not necessarily something that I enjoy. It is, it's, it's dark and kind of stormy in a way that leaves me feeling like, eh, I don't necessarily like I did a palate cleanser tv show <laughs> after this movie i see because it just kind of leaves you feeling like ooh, which is what it's meant to do but i don't particularly enjoy feeling that after a long slow paced movie sure, sure so for me i can admit if this is your type of movie you will love this movie mm-hmm. if it's not you will absolutely dislike this movie and so i can't give it like the recommendation for everyone but i think two and a half for me because personally i did not enjoy it but i can't admit it's probably like a three and a half objectively movie objectively just for me personally two and a half all right well listeners of all movies i am very curious to know what you think of it And so we have our movie review post go up every week with a little artwork that says movie review. Comment there. Let us know at movies on the side is our Instagram. What did you think of Unbreakable? You can also support us on Patreon and Apple Podcasts. You can get access to bonus episodes every week. This week, we had a very lively discussion about deodorant and foot detoxes. I encourage you to check that out. (laughs) You can do a free trial on Apple Podcasts if you'd like. And if you haven't yet, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And as we always say, 
Do you know what the scariest thing is? Mm. To not know your place in this world. To not know why you're here. That's just an awful feeling. Thank you. Says the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know.